Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. Dear Damsels, it's hard to get a full night's rest these days, and when I do fall asleep, dreams have been waking me up in the middle of the night. I'm not sure if it has anything to do with trying to get more in tune with what feels like a new version of myself in the works, or if anxiety is getting the best of me as I try to be patient with new matches I find on the apps. Please send any advice because I'm trying to stop tossing and turning to get to living. From a dedicated listener, looking to make sense of it all. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah we see them, yeah we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please, yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. And I'm Alejandro, and today we have on the podcast, We Are Grio, a spoken word duo of uh, artistry and excellence in everything from love, life, dreams, uh, I mean, even purpose and one's journey. Oh my God, this conversation was so meaningful and just, oh my God, hilarious too. I really enjoyed myself. I don't know about you, Hondo, but there were moments that I was just like really resonating with everything that they were saying. And it really took me back to some places that I haven't revisited in a long time, like some horrible heartbreaks and how you can really use those moments that we go through in life that are hard to find meaning out of them so that other people can benefit. I just thought it was such a beautiful conversation. Yeah, the vulnerability and the honesty and the authenticity just made for a really special experience when I saw them live at the Slam Poetry Experience at Soho House. But it was also amazing to hear their insights about their process and, you know, what their goals are in terms of how they see their work coming to fruition in the future. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Thank you so, 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 so much for blessing this podcast with your presence. We have Bosco and KO of We Are Grio. How are both of you? I am good. Doing good. (laughs) So Alejandro has not been able to stop talking about seeing you both at Soho Warehouse. (laughs) I need to hear what I missed. You know, I joined Soho House. I thought I'd be attending these events, but somehow Alejandro still forgot to invite me. So Uh fill me in on what I missed. Uh (laughs) well they had like i think this was their first poetry slam that they did Mm -hmm. um and if you're not familiar with slam it's basically just a poetry competition where spoken word artists get on stage and perform and the crowd it's kind of like apollo like the crowd votes and says if you if you move on if you're Um, whack or not right basically (laughs) if they liked what you did or not and so yeah um we went through I don't remember how many people was it what like six? oh collectively I yeah, mean it was like consider it may have been like seven or eight groups well yeah, seven or so, eight persons and we were the only group yeah so then we did 
a performance and they voted and then we had to do a performance for the final round and they voted and you know we we made it to the championship so (laughs) it was a good experience though it was so beautiful and admirable like the the way you were both able to build off of each other and the even just like discussing not even directly but just like sharing a character's experience about you know the ups and downs the ebbs and flows of relationship with others and the self and, yeah. and like your trust and like intuition listening to all of that i'm really curious how the both of you decided to um begin this duo this partnership that has blossomed so beautifully it, it kind of came about like really organically actually like Cole's been doing poetry for years she's been killing it by herself long <laughs> before I ever came along and when she moved to I had I moved to LA in like 2000 what seven and what Cole you moved in what like 2013 something like yeah. that 20, 2012 yeah. And one day we were just sitting and talking and she was talking about doing her poetry thing. And she had, I think I had discussed with her before how I used to do like prose and uh, forensics in high school. And from there, we just decided to like, yo, we could possibly just do something together to where we create works of art and put them together. And because I had done forensics in high school, I kind of knew how to facilitate that arrangement between like pairs of performers together because I used to do duo acting and duet acting in high school when I would do forensics. So after having that discussion and really just kind of sitting down to write one day and putting it all together, we just formed our own group, which was initially called uh, Prose Poetry was our first name. She was the poetry, I was the prose. Um, but then we evolved into Griot from there. Yeah. Where did Griot come from? Griot came from about <laughs> five, six years ago. I was visiting my uncle in Arizona who was a professor and he was just talking to us about um, just black culture, African culture and things of that nature. And when we were having a family discussion about things, he mentioned a griot. And a griot in uh, Western Africa is somebody who keeps the historical narrative, the musical narrative. They dispense storytelling orally through like the villages in those communities and stuff like that in Western Africa. And I was like, yo, I think we should change our name to griot because I feel like that's what we do is that we tell stories in a very like heartfelt way. And she agreed and she thought the name was dope. And we've been griot ever since. Yeah. That's a beautiful meaning behind that. And, uh, <laughs> you said Thanks. you had been, uh, you were aware of uh, the work that was already done before you joined forces. So what were you busy with um, before uh, meeting each other? I mean, oh. creative, creatively. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say life work. Maybe both. All of it. All of it. Yeah, yes. Okay, so a very, a very, well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start creatively. He was already out here grinding as an actor, like doing his thing. And I was still in Kansas. We've known each other since uh, college. That's where we met. Um, And uh, University of Kansas. J-Moss. (laughs) Um, So we met there and uh, we were both in the gospel choir and we both just like were creatives that like would hang out. Um, and we had some other friends that were creatives. We all kind of hung out and we were like, the, it was like glee. Like we hung out and sang, <laughs> you know, like, like that kind of vibe. Yeah. And so when he left, we actually got closer. Like mm. when he went to LA, we were closer. We kept in touch more. When I moved out here, I had no idea what I wanted to do, to be very honest. Um, poetry was something I've always done because it's a way that I've always been able to get my feelings out about things. And so I hadn't planned on it. I just did a bunch of stuff and then until something like 
stuck really I mean I took acting classes I was doing all kinds of stuff I was a PA on sets you know and so you know poetry kind of stuck and there was one uh particular story he was writing that I thought was so dope and I just wanted to help him write it um which we ended up doing later but what actually kicked off like one of the best pieces I feel like we have to date <laughs> was I was going through a terrible heartbreak and so was he like at the same time and we didn't even know wow. it like, it was like this relationship I had been off and on you know those terrible toxic off and on relationships and I had been oh, wow. in one of those for like <laughs> right it's too well <laughs> I had been in one of those for almost seven years with this guy and it was coming to a halt like it was at that point where I was just like yeah this is this is detrimental dumb now like it has to end but I was but you know you don't want it you want when you throw down that ultimatum you're hoping they're like oh my god okay let's do it yeah and when it was like I mean I'll do it but I don't mean I'm gonna be faithful it was like what um, <laughs> what, what is exactly. that like, exactly <laughs> and so you know I ended up and that day Bosco and I had committed <laughs> to writing every week that was our thing like let's just get together every week and let's write and so we were supposed to meet that day and this was the day that I had talked to this guy we had broke it off that was it I cried like slid down my bathroom door crying <laughs> like the whole drama and I didn't want to meet with him because I was like I'm terrible I'm a mess right now but I was like you committed to this so I just was like, all right, I called him. I was like, yo, I'm gonna be a little, you know, but I showed up. And so I cried to him, told him everything. And of course, like a true man, he's just taking notes. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, oh my God. Oh I'm my pouring God. my heart well, out no, Well, but we have to, but this is the truth. Like when you hear about like some of the greatest mm -hmm. songs written, it comes out of moments like that. Like if we're right. gonna be going through it, and then also it's, it can be what what's the word cathartic for you to like get it out, right. like to write yeah. it down. So uh, and like you said, like I think one of our best pieces came from that moment when we were very when we were both being really honest vulnerable. with one. Yeah. yeah, and it was I mean it was hard. Like you know you always tell your friends these moments like this, but in moment like it was so fresh. You know it wasn't even like I had time to really process it myself. I was processing it with him. He then opened up to me about this relationship that he was ending and kind of feeling all these feelings about. And so, you know, he was like, let's write, let's try to write from this place. And we did. And we learned like, yo, this is how we need to always come together. Instead of trying to sit and like pick a topic and write about it, we need to just write about where we are in life um, because that's where the most power is. Yeah, we we generally when we meet, we will talk for a good two hours before we before do we even write. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just we sit and we talk. But I but that's the best way to do it. Like, cause I I hate to going into an environment where you're just trying to force our creativity. I don't think that's yeah, ever really no. good. And by us just sitting there talking, like it helps us manifest and create our different ideas for how we want the piece to be structured, how we want to say this, what we want to do. Like all of those things just kind of come organically just through just having real honest conversations. I actually look back and think to myself, like, I'm so glad you didn't cave in. I'm so glad you didn't like give up and not like write about it. I'm glad that you pushed through because now it's one of my favorite pieces to perform. I think for the, for the biggest reason of knowing that like so many other people have had that moment, yeah. but they've not had the ability to 
express it maybe in the way that we did um, in that piece. So I'm actually grateful to be honest now. <laughs> no, but I, I definitely agree with her. I mean, when you when I think back about like what that, this particular piece is called Crush. And actually you saw it that night. It was the first piece that we did, uh, Alejandro. Um, yes. But when it comes to um, just reflecting back on that time, it just kind of makes you, me, it just makes me appreciate like how resilient I am. Because I think when you're going through things like that, like you oftentimes feel like, oh my God, this is the worst shit ever. Like, right. I cannot, how am I going to make it through? Like, <laughs> you know, like you're you're actually completely devastated. But now looking back on it, it's like, oh, okay, like that happened. It was fucked up. Um, but I feel way better about it now. And then like Mika said, like in us being truthfully honest, like um, in that particular piece, whenever we step off the stage, like people always come up to us and like, yo, I know what that feeling felt like. It was so dope to hear you talk about what you talked about. And I think that's the most gratifying thing about doing what we do is that like, and understanding that what we're doing is the correct way of doing it is that hearing that people are connecting with the words that we are saying and that means that okay we need to continue down this path of being just brutally honest if it was fucked up say it was fucked up if it hurt you if it ripped your chest out then say it ripped your chest out um and let the people feel that because that's universal everybody has felt that i remember my my eyes were watering up too just listening mm -hmm. to the words and the way in which you were delivering them and it was just so 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 mm -hmm. powerful as you already have uh, described, the honesty with which you were able to come to the table and share this experience with the audience because you yeah. become the vessel for people who may not have the vocabulary or willingness to uh, open up about, you know, really challenging times or moments or conversations. Right. And, oh my goodness, even, I was, I'm curious now too though, the book. Oh, yeah. was, <laughs> we have a copy I of the book. I didn't know you had there. a book. <laughs> Yeah, we have the copy of the book, uh, The Storytells, Wisdom's Brief. Uh, you know, you discuss life, dreams, uh, faith, and love. Uh, how did you, what was the process like when you were collaborating? Because I understand, I feel like it may have been similar to how you perform or prepare the work that you do on stage. But what were some differences in terms of preparing the book? The, I would say the biggest difference for the book was we've we've been so accustomed to working together and, you know, coming together, thinking about life, writing down some like points and, and fleshing out the points. Whereas this was like, hey, how about we just write? Like you write about, way, yeah, and I'm gonna <laughs> write over here, you write over there. We didn't have any topics. We didn't have any guidelines. We were just like, just write. And as we looked at, like when we would meet up and look at some of the stuff we were talking about, we were finding the themes like, oh, we keep talking about this. And, oh, we keep talking about that. So then we found like those themes and then we told ourselves, okay, now let's consciously write in these themes now that we know what's out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very, I think for me, it was kind of funny to see which theme both of us related to more you know, because I'm usually like the lovey-dovey. <laughs> so I just knew like, I'm probably gonna write more love poems. And I didn't, like, it's just like, well, <laughs> you know, but at that time in life, we wrote on whatever was more prevalent to whichever, you know, what's going on in life. Um, so it was cool to see where we were in real time, writing about how we were feeling and like, looking at the pieces and being like, oh shoot, like, is that, do I really feel that? Wow, you know, like, and seeing where it landed in those genres. It was really cool to like, 
go through that process of having, you know, to now look at what we've written and see where it fit in these themes we were trying to create. I want to go back to the fact that you go through this horrible heartbreak and here you are married now. And then I'd also <laughs> like to know about how that changes your poetry. You know, how it resonates differently with people when you are writing from this happy place that you mentioned now. It's funny because I was literally just talking about this with somebody today. I feel like heartbreak, it breaks you completely open, right? Because it rips through all the parts you've been trying to protect. You've been trying to like hold together. And now you don't have a choice. Now you are literally ripped apart. And so you're writing about all that. You're writing about the stuff that hurts, the rip and all that. Whereas, and you're trying to heal. So when you're trying to heal, you're going through everything. You know what I mean? You're like, what is that? Okay, let's talk about that. What's that? Let's talk. Whereas when you're happy, you're not like, why am I happy? <laughs> you know, like yeah. you just are happy. And so you're just talking about whatever's there. You don't, you're not looking for it. You're not sifting through it. You're just talking about that. Like for me, a lot of the poems I wrote about when I was married, like that were in reference to my husband, it was, it was the great moments where I felt like, oh my God, like I'm on cloud nine and mm -hmm. life couldn't get any better than this. There are also moments where I was super irritated and like, I can't stand you like, you know what I mean? Like you see all of those emotions because all of those emotions are real, even in a happy relationship, right? So it's like, yeah, you're still seeing that. You're still seeing the realness, but there's not that deep brokenness like when you're heartbroken, you know what I mean? Heartbreak is, it's I feel like it's, beast. man, I feel like it's the worst pain you can endure in life. I really do. Um, but it is, but it is a great motivator though. At least, not, at least that's how I feel. Yeah, Cause absolutely. Because I mean, when I was going through my shit, like I can quit writing. Like I was like, I have to get everything out. I need to say everything about you that I need to say <laughs> about you. So for right. me, I like. Granted, I don't want to go back to the feeling of that place, but I can't lie and say that. Oh, it's great for material. It's great source material. Oh, it's one hundred percent great for material. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I call it the Taylor Swift syndrome. It's like you want to, you want a dope project, <laughs> go through heartbreak. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, I think what the heartbreak did for me is it allowed me to see the resilience. It also let me know like kind of what we were hinting towards as far as like introspective relationships, introspective relationships. It also made me go deep in myself, not just yeah. like, not just like, oh, what happened in the world? Why are people like this? It was like, oh, why did you deal with this for seven years? What, what's in you that you thought you deserved that or that, you, that your worth was that low that you accepted that? So it really made me challenge my own beliefs about myself uh, my self-worth, which, you know, I think most people don't walk around thinking I'm worthless, like for real, for real. Yeah. You're worth something. You think you're worth something. You don't realize where that worth is until you're heartbroken in some way. It may not be romantic, but when that heart gets broken, everything that you haven't evaluated is there for you to evaluate. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that even allowed me to be in a place to be able to be in love and to be able to even have the relationship I have with my husband because before that heartbreak I wouldn't have thought I was worthy of a man like him so I probably would have pushed him away or you know sabotaged or you know so I'm grateful for that heartbreak because it definitely led me to the path of 
attracting and believing I was worthy of genuine love. Absolutely. I mean, I can imagine, well, I know after like such a heartbreak, you know, the wound feels so deep. And then it's like, it's not only, it's not really until then that you like, you know, sink into it. And then there's no other, there's no other rescue except to pull oneself out of that. And that takes a lot of analysis and looking around and just like poking in and just like oh but what was the reason for this just like what you were saying earlier too how did I put up with that which I knew I deserved better from like it's really wild but um I'm really happy And, and if I could like I would even say this like it's when it comes to the the aftermath of at least from my own breakup like granted I was heartbroken and things were I wish things would have transpired differently but I can't lie and also say that it did also make me reevaluate myself in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely. what am I focusing on? As far as one of the things that I kind of don't, I think a lot of people do is they don't realize how, well, you're supposed to become invested in your partner, but the level of that investment to where it detracts from what your own goals and things in life are is mm-hmm. was an issue for me. So in, in it occurring, as far as the breakup and things of that nature, it did definitely make me go back and be like, okay, oh, what do I need to, where, what were my goals or what was I not focusing enough on? What was I not giving enough time to? Because I was investing a lot of time over here as I should be, but this is also a dream of mine an aspiration of mine to where I've kind of neglected this. So yeah. essentially like, how can I better myself in the aftermath of this moment? Like, what can I do to completely elevate me overall and to make me a better me for not only just me, but for my future potential partner as well? What, what other hopes do you have for either listeners or watchers or even readers of your work? I would say the biggest thing to take from our work would be the ability to discover like the beautiful thing and the ugly thing. So by that, what I mean is like, for example, what Cole was just talking about, like how, you know, that breakup was horrible and fucked up. But despite all of that, she came to some self-realizations amongst herself. So despite whatever horrible thing that you're going to go through in life, there's always something that can be extracted that you can learn from it, that you could change or to help better you despite how bad the actual thing was. So that's what my hope would be is that regardless of whatever it is you're going through, no matter how horrible it is that you're going through, just find a way to find something within that that you can learn from it and to make yourself a better person from it. It might seem absolutely difficult to do or impossible to find, but there's always something like we can always improve amongst ourselves. And I think mine would be like, just know that you are worth it. Whatever that it is for you. If it's, man, I really want to become the best podcast out here. You're worth that. Go for it. You know, or man, I really wish I had a better boyfriend or a girlfriend, dump that person and get one. Like, you know, you are worth whatever that thing is you keep telling yourself or you keep hearing. Because I think that's what's so dope about humans. We all have these dope visions and dreams that come to you so different than the next person, than the next person, even if it's the same thing. So I feel like people need to really tap in and understand they are worth it and that what they have is special what they have is unique. They just have to believe it. It don't matter what the rest of us say once you believe it, for real. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I agree, man. I mean, if you don't believe it, watch anybody else. 
Right. Yeah. As within, so without. And that helps us attract that which we deserve and yeah, which we create. I just had a question for you about like in the scope of today's world, what does success look like as poets? Like what are some Mm. of the goals that you have and like um, how will you look back at your career and say, yeah, we did what we came to do and we were successful at doing it. I think it's, as far as for a poet specifically, is it like a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Is it a a, 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 a viable career choice? <laughs> I think- <laughs> Not viable. I, well, no, let's just be for real. Cause you know our experience. You know that, our that's journey. what I'm asking, yeah, yeah. Right. But that's what you're asking. And I think it just, it, it's just a matter of what you do with whatever gifts you have. So in this particular instance, we both enjoy doing poetry. Now, as far as it being fiscally viable, it's probably not so. But I do, do think that there are ways to create a career from it. And that's what we're currently doing. So like, for example, we wrote the book. After we wrote the book, other opportunities have presented themselves from the writing of the book, i.e. like Co and I are working on um, a digital series right now that incorporates our love of poetry together with visuals of animation, which is what's also included in the book. And then from that, from the poems that are in those books that we're creating into these visuals, we're turning those into like a podcast situation. So there's a way to do whatever it is that you want to do, but you have to create the path for what it is that you want to do. So like I said, we had to figure out how to make it work. Like I love animation. She, I mean, I love anime. She loves animation. That's the reason why we came up with like the avatars and the characters and the artwork for the book. And then from what we're doing with the short form digital series, we're going to be splicing together live action poetry with animation, bringing together two worlds to make it interesting. Because I do think in this world, like people aren't really checking for poetry like that, if we're being completely honest. It's a very niche um, world. But at the same time, if you create it in an interesting way, as we are currently doing, it does make it more palatable for a larger audience. And it does strike their interest from what we're discovering and what we've created so far. So That's exciting. When is that yeah. going to be available? <laughs> I, I would love for us to be able to have it out. Well, it will be out sometime next year. Put it to you that yeah. way. In the Premier at Soho we'll House? Um, maybe she in, said Premier at Soho. I mean, you know, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> and I think but even no. to add to, add to that ahead. about success, I think that I always have felt like whatever career you've had, because, you know, I didn't start in creative. I had a career in something that didn't have nothing to do with creative, but um, I think success, I think success is what you meeting the mark you set. It's that simple because success in any other parameter is setting yourself up to be disappointed. I think, I think if you're saying to yourself, well, these people have done this and this and that. So if I don't do this and this and that, I'm not successful. Or, you know, most people who are in that category have this amount of this, or they have this and this and that, and I don't have it. So I'm not successful. I mean, if you're chasing external factors to make yourself successful, you'll never get there. I want you guys to be the state of the union poets. No, what is that? When they do the inaugural for the president, like Amanda. Oh, Gould. yeah. That's, that's my version of success. For oh, you. She's <laughs> like, I want that for y'all. Let's talk. I want that for us too. Yeah, we're going to speak that into existence. Right. Yes. On this podcast right now, right. called it on yeah. damsels in the DMs. And when it, yeah. comes, when it happens, we're coming back to the podcast. To tell yeah. Yes, exactly. You guys are going to tell us how it went. Absolutely. <laughs> 
All right. Well, now seems like a reasonable time to kind of jump into the letter. Are you both ready? Are we all sure. ready? Let's do it. Take Let's do it. Alejandro. Yeah. All right. So we have, dear damsels, it's hard to get a full night's rest these days. And when I do fall asleep, dreams have been waking me up in the middle of the night. I wish I could explain what they were about, but I tend to jump into my morning routine to avoid thinking about what it was that pulled me out of sleep. I'm not sure if it has anything to do with trying to get more in tune with what feels like a new version of myself in the works, or if anxiety is getting the best of me as I try to be patient with new matches I find on the apps. I'm leaning toward both, but how does anyone get decent sleep with so much on the mind? Please send any advice because I'm trying to stop tossing and turning to get to living. From a dedicated listener, looking to make sense of it all. It's so funny to me that this is today's letter because yesterday I get a text message. I just started graduate school um, for film producing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, somebody was talking about how they started a dream journal that they're using to get inspiration for their films because they had heard that the Terminator was created from a dream. So it's it's funny timing for me to hear about this letter today. (laughs) How serendipitous. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great suggestion to that person. Like, because I, I mean, I hear that and I'm like, if dreams are keeping you up and if you're being kept up at any point, I feel like when you can't sleep, it's just something you haven't settled, Mm. whether that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever, you know, it could be, man, your diet sucks. And that's why you can't sleep. (laughs) Or it could be like, yo, you got all this stuff you're not dealing with and that's why you can't sleep, you know, or there's some emotions you haven't like addressed and acknowledged and that's why you can't it's some there's something that needs to be resolved and it could be as simple as like yo don't eat pizza before you go to bed or you know (laughs) or or as complex as you need to deal with the breakup you had in 2012 you know whatever Mm -hmm. whatever it is there's something that needs to be addressed I would, I would agree. I mean, I, I think if, if, if there's ever an instance where you're not able to sleep at night, and this is especially from like recent personal experience for myself, like I've had to be told about, okay, you need to make some lifestyle changes in how you actually like process and deal with stress. Because I, I, I mean, I can deal with stress very well, like most people would never know, but my body is actually physically exuding the signs of stress. And that's what it sounds like to me. Like I was told myself specifically that I need to sleep more. And this gentleman, well, I don't know if it's a gentleman or a lady, but uh, needs to get more rest. Um, and maybe that'll just settle this, like figure out a way to better process whatever it is in life that they're processing. Because restlessness, that's, it just sounds like restlessness to me. Yeah. And I really want to highlight the point where it says, but I tend to jump into my morning routine to avoid thinking about what it was that pulled me out of sleep. Because to me, that's like yeah. you're avoiding you're not doing yeah yeah with what's coming up in the dreams and I don't know about for you guys but I often have like applicable things come up in my dreams like I can I can understand why that came up um when I see or hear the dream not all the time of course but often and I definitely have people from my past who like will recur in my dreams sometimes and to me it's like there's things that you're not processing there and I actually think for you that dream journal that I talked about would be a good thing not to necessarily use for your inspiration but almost to just use to what is it that you're not processing and like what is it that you're running away from and avoiding because I think absolutely think about that and target it 
Well, he's getting a map for it. Like, I'm one of those people that doesn't remember their dreams ever. So I would love to be able to have a dream to where it kind of gives me at least some indicator as to what I'm actually, like, possibly having issues with. So if he is having the actual dreams and choosing not to deal with them the next day, then you're you're depriving yourself the solution. Like, clearly, you need to, one morning when you, or make some time at this point, sit down and really think about what it is that transpired in your dreams. And how does that correlate with anything in your actual life and see how the two are working together or maybe working against one another. And then from there, utilize that information to try to solve or fix the problem. But continuing to just wake up and go about your day as if nothing is wrong, we completely being restless at night. That's not helping in any capacity. Yeah, let it inform you, man. I Dreams come for that reason. Like Exactly. Even if it's, it could be something as simple, like I said, it can be something as simple as a dream telling you like, yo, this diet you got, we don't like it. The body is, t- we are mad. We're mad. Please stop, you know? Or it could be as complex as like, hey, we've been holding this grudge for the last 10 years and now it's too much. We need to get rid of it. The body's trying to tell him something and or trying to tell this person, we keep saying him, trying to tell this person something. And so I feel like you need to listen. That's the problem. You can't sleep because you don't listen. <laughs> you know take the time take the time like instead of jumping into the routine in the morning sit in when you wake up don't touch your phone Mm. get out that journal she talked about get the journal write down at least the dream that you remember and then sit with it for a second write Mm -hmm. it down look at it read it sit with it for a second and even if you don't come up with anything in that moment maybe give yourself a mantra for the day to say, let this dream inform me in whatever way I need to be informed to be better today. Mm-hmm. And at some point in that day, I promise you that thing gonna come up and it's gonna make sense to you at some point. So, you know, you just gotta, in, gotta invest in your solution. You know, you have a problem, but you're not addressing it. So now you gotta invest in a solution. Yeah, the problem okay. solution, like exploration seems really valuable because this person, I would be curious to know how effective they actually feel in the things that they are able to accomplish right. throughout the day. Because yes, right. there might be that routine or that automatic sensation or that buzz of like accomplishment, but it's like, to what level are they actually achieving if they aren't really like resolving whatever is going on? Yeah. So, so what level are you enjoying it? You might be yeah. achieving, but are you enjoying it? That's you know? Yeah. yeah. How do you guys utilize your dreams within your writing? Ooh. I think for because I'm like, I'm such a <laughs> I'm a weirdo. Like I love, I love dreams and I love being able to remember and write them down and try to apply like what I'm getting from the dream and you know, any like symbolism that might, yeah, that might be coming from the dream. I love it. Like I do. I love when people tell me their dreams because I'm like, yo, let's figure out what that is. Like, are you really a dragon or like is the dragon trying to tell you something? You know, like I'm, I get into it. Um, But I always feel like kind of like what you said, because there are times where people that from my past visit me in my dreams too. So I'm always like, what are these dreams trying to tell me? And how, how does that fit in who I am right now or who I'm trying to become, you know? And so there have been times where I've literally dreamt an experience and that I wrote about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yo, that was dope. I hope that actually happened. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. and so, or there have been, t- like there's a poem in our book. 
of course the name of it uh <laughs> hate me uh, <laughs> which way because it's about it's about me talking about the me being a mom i'm not a mom yet oh okay. and so okay. i had in, in the picture has like little shoes on it <laughs> oh um, yeah yeah, yeah. i feel yeah, like that's but, like yeah and i'm like what is it called that's terrible it's near terrible. it's i feel like it's further in the back <laughs> but like i Alejandro's I'm talking <laughs> right he's like i'm like i have a book but i don't want to stand up because we're recording like i don't want to like, reach for it but basically, it's called like little ones right is it little it, ones nah i don't feel like that's i've it. looked at that book so much back and forth we were going through that it's like i know exactly which one because the shoes one is, are at the top yeah the little one is me what talking. was the illustration it's like it's shoes a whole bunch of shoes. little shoes so basically that poem like was a dream I was literally talking about thank you I had this dream about these kids like my kids being a mom already but the perspective like was me like I couldn't see me in the dream but I was running around with these kids I heard my voice all of this and the joy I felt mm. and also the fear <laughs> <laughs> like it was like I had all this happiness and then I was like Oh my God, I'm a mom. Oh my God. This, you know, like there was all these emotions in the dream. Then I woke up and I was like, oh. And I literally wrote down everything I felt. And then when I read what I felt, I wrote a poem about it. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like dreams are there to inform you. They're there, you know, whether that's a warning, whether that's, you know, a future telling, whether that's motivation, inspiration, whatever it is, it's there to inform you. Do you guys feel like you have serious regulars in your dreams? Like people who just. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I literally don't remember my dreams. So I'm the worst ever? person. No, like the only time I ever remember a dream is if like, let's say I wake up, if my alarm is at six o'clock to get up in the morning and like, let's say I get up at like 4.30 to go get some water or something. I'll remember a dream for that last hour, hour and a half of me sleeping before I have to get up. Mm. But if I go to sleep tonight and just wake up in the morning, I can I can say what I dreamed about last night. So I'm the worst person to ask about this. <laughs> I don't dream like I that. Love, he's like, nah. You know who is a series regular in my dreams is my grandmother. Oh. And I think it's because when she was alive, we were very close. Like I went to her house every day and that we were very close and she shared so much with me. Um so when she passed and I was like, I was like 16, I was devastated. Like she was like my best friend. That was the homie. And so there are times when, and she was always one of those people, like my grandmother was funny. She was that person that was super wise and could tell you these like riddles and stories that would make you feel like, oh my God. She was also the same grandmother that would ask me to play her like back that ass up and mystical and all that, you know oh, what I mean? Oh like all God. these, yeah, like she was so, she was very well balanced in that way. And so like, I think that's why we got along so well, but when I'm having these moments where I'm really questioning myself or life, I tend to dream with her in it. And she's, mm. and it's usually just us hanging out. It's never like anything epic. We're just like back on her couch at that house, hanging out, watching a movie. And then before I wake up, she says something to me that I needed to hear. Um, so she's a series regular for sure. Yeah. I love that. I, I want to subscribe to your dreams, please. They sound uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, you know, sometimes it could get crazy, but, <laughs> but it sounds like it'll have a fun soundtrack too. Listen. <laughs> 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 
Well, thank you both so much for coming on the podcast today. We learned so much from you. Can you please tell people where they can find you by your work and follow on your journey? Sure. You guys can follow. Well, again, thank you all for having us. Let me say that yes, first. Thank you. On uh, behalf of Bosco and Cole over here. Uh, but as far as following us, you guys can uh, go to our website, uh, which is www.thatduogriot.com. And from there, you can actually purchase our book. You can follow us individually on our Instagram handles. Um, there are images of myself and Kamika, as well as you can follow our um, uh, our joint IG poetry page as well, off from that website. And there's a little T-shirt there if you're interested in purchasing it. Uh, it's a kind of a to your exes, but not so much. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you can follow us there and um, get all your information from that website. We are working also on a audiobook, and so there's some clips of the audiobook on the page. Um, you'll see little headphones. You can listen to uh, some excerpts from the book. That's coming out soon. And then uh, we definitely have clips from like performances of past that we've done on the page as well. So. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Oh my goodness! Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. This thank was a great you. conversation, guys. We appreciate it. It really was. Well, listeners, do not forget to send us your feedback on this episode and. We're always waiting to hear any sort of questions or dilemmas that you might be dealing with. You can submit a letter. You can send us a voicemail. Uh, I mean, you can even send us a DM. We're always send listening. Us a DM. Anyway, you can waiting. send it to our um, Google form on Linktree if you prefer to be anonymous. There are so many ways for you to send us what you're going through. Oh, and Ernie has tuned in for our YouTube viewers. <laughs> Hello, Ernie. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Please also subscribe, rate, and review on whatever your podcast platform is. It truly makes the difference for us. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.